Good evening. You are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Diving Deeper. Now, this evening, we have with us, all the way from the USA, Chris Gomez, who you won't have heard from quite just yet, but you will do shortly. He is a beloved son of God and deeply, deeply in love with Jesus, as he saved him from taking his own life at 22. So there's a massive testimony in itself. He's husband to Hannah Gomez, a Catholic recording artist, who you will hear from during this programme as well. He's a father of three, soon to be four, CEO of an executive search consultancy called Spirit Consulting, and founder and board president of a supernatural ministry, ministry sorry, called As It Is in Heaven, which provides prophetic deliverance, prophetic spiritual direction, and supernatural healing. So Chris... Welcome to Radio Maria. Thank you for having me, Karen. And thank you also to Pasquale for referring me to the program. <laughs> That's it's a real blessing. It's a real blessing to have you on. Thank you. So can I hand it over to you? Your talk this evening is about... Yes, the topic is God gives us guardian angels. Satan assigns us chief demons. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big topic. I like to keep it light. It's a, it's a heavy <laughs> it's topic. To you know? I'm just trying to keep it loose here. <laughs> well, it's called diving deeper. So, yes. Totally. Uh, so, yeah. So, my goal and focus is to teach, inspire, and encourage about chief demons, their role in all people's lives, not just the demonized. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about all people, both Christians and non Christians. Yeah. And then to give you tools on what to do about it. Um, before we kind of began, Karen, if you're good with it, I'd like to just share some quick prophetic glory stories. Go for it. So this is like by far my favorite thing, like ministering out of the voice of God, words of knowledge. So uh, I was in a business meeting this morning and last week I took my company to a retreat to the Bahamas. Um, yeah, <laughs> Karen. Wow. Look at you getting all excited over there. Um, but uh, um so, you know, I didn't want us just to focus on ourselves. I wanted, like, yes, obviously going to the Bahamas and, you know, spending time in the sun and sunbathing and swimming with pigs and, and uh, going on wave runners. These are all fun things that God gives us. But I also wanted to create an opportunity for us as a team to be able to uh, um, just connect with what God was doing. And so we decided to make blessing bags and to pass out those bags to the homeless in Miami before we boarded the, um, the ship. Uh, so, uh, my employees are kind of have a mixed kind of walk with Jesus. Um, some are kind of more of your traditional uh, Catholic that are, you know, still kind of expanding their relationship. And then another is, um, a non-denominational that is kind of more, you know, deeper along that walk. And so where she, one of them had already done, uh, been able to go out and minister to the homeless before the other one had, a, had never done this at all. So she was a, uh, like complete newbie with it. So, um, so today during the call, you know, my client had asked me like, Hey, how was your trip to, to the Bahamas? So I shared like, you know, a little bit of what we did on the cruise, but then I started to share on this ministry. Um, so, so when, like, while we were out, you know, we started by giving this guy, let's just say that his name is Billy, one of these blessing bags. And then before we walked up to him, I was just praying for him and I saw him like alone in a stadium. And I felt like the Lord was saying, like, this guy just feels completely and utterly alone. Like, he just feels like no one cares about him whatsoever. And um, so, and I just shared with him, like, Billy, you know, like, God is so deeply in love with you. And what I found in my own life is that, you know, whether I'm doing ministry like this or I'm in consulting or or I'm doing nonprofit work, whatever it may be, like as long as I realize that I'm only performing for an audience of one, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, God, our Father, then it doesn't matter who's around me. I am forever just in this like love nest, in this cocoon of love. And, and uh, I was like, I, I feel like God wants to give you this gift. He wants to break off this loneliness off of you. 
to give you the same, like just love affair that he's given for me. I was like, can I pray for you? And he's like, I love that. So, so I start praying for him. He's, he starts tearing up and his whole countenance, like his whole face goes from like being very cautious. Like who are these three people walking up to me right now to like utterly receiving uh, the prayer and just like, you know, was just so thankful for us to, to like kind of just, come up to him and, and pray with him in this way, share this prophetic word. So as we kept going on, I also like, so we're walking now up the street and there's this woman who's got like um, her leggings, you know, is just wearing tight leggings. And I felt like the Lord tells me the word purity. So I'm like, all right, Lord, like, you know, usually I'll maybe pray for a little bit. This is just literally popcorn prophecy of one quick word, go up there and she's right about to cross the street. So I'm like, all right. So that, so that my two employees that I'm with, they're like there, I'm like, guys, I got to go minister to this girl. So I'm just, a boop. I'm down the street now with this, with this woman. I'm like, I'm like, hi, uh, you know, my name's Christopher. I'm a missionary from Chicago. And I, I was praying for you and I felt like God wanted me to give you a word. And she's like, yeah, go ahead. So I'm like, Hey, I feel like, you know, that you're the daughter of a King, you know, like you're a queen. You, you are just so loved and that he made you for purity. Like you were made for a purity of heart. And so now we're just, we're walking and she's like, you know what? I want to keep talking, but I'm on my way to the yoga studio. And if I'm late, like I'll be locked out. So can we just keep walking and talking? So we, so we keep on going. And then when I get done kind of ministering to her prophetically, she's like, you know, she's like two things. One, I'm Jewish. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like I'm, you know, like it's okay that you're speaking on Jesus Christ. It's just not my history or my experience in religion to like, to know him. Okay. And number two, she's like, you're actually the third person in this last season that has come and gave me a word from God. And she was like, the first two, I was just kind of like deciphering, like, is this legit? And now the fact that there's a third person that like came up to me to give me this word is even more so um, like convincing me that, you know what, maybe God is kind of after my heart. So I'm like, okay, great. Can we hold hands? We'll keep walking and I'll pray for you. She's like, sure. So now I'm holding hands with <laughs> I'm holding hands with this, uh, you know, 30, you know, probably late twenties, early 30s, something year old Jewish woman in Miami. And, uh, you know, I'm praying like, I'm like, Holy spirit, come, you know, come into her heart, rapture her heart. May she experience the love of God. Um, and then when we get done, um, I'm like, Hey, I feel like while we were praying, the Lord told me that like, I'm not, you know, discern this. So I'm not saying that you're a nun or a consecrated virgin, I'm like, but I feel like just like how a priest and nun or a consecrated virgin, they receive so much love from God. They don't need the earthly companion of another being because they have just a greater capacity for receiving God's love. I'm like, I feel like you have the same gift. And um, she's like, well, I, I'm not a nun. I was, like, I was like, I was like, I'm not saying that. I'm like, in, you know, quite honestly, maybe three years from now, she might be a nun. I mean, I, I mean, that could very well be where it's going. But I was just like going soft, like, hey, just, you know, I, I'm just saying, you know, this is a big, you know, when I'm giving someone a prophetic word around vocations, like, you know, discern it slow. And I was like, so, so discern it slow. And, you know, and so I was like, but sister, I, like my employees are way back there a couple blocks back. And so like, I do have to leave you now to be able to turn back. And you could see that she was actually like, um, she was just sad that I was leaving her company. You know, I might've been the first man who ever uh, like loved her and was present in this way, like just saw her heart for who she is. And I think people are just so heartbroken and looking for that in this world. And then also like, you know, when you are like, it would be equivalent to like me walking around with my shirt off, like flaunting my six pack in the same way when, you know, when I don't have a six pack, it would be my gut. But I'm just saying that like, you know, when, when people feel like they need to expose themselves like cleavage or they're, they're, you know, yoga pants jacked up, whatever this, you know, it's basically like a cry for God's love, you know? And so in that way, I mean, just a man that, you know, isn't like out to try to like dupe her and, and use her for whatever reason. Um, I just kind of was starting to discern some of that too. So getting back to my client call this morning. So, so this is what I share to open up a call 
with a one of the uh, leading uh, health systems in the United States. They've got over, uh, let's just say, I, I'm not going to list their name, but let's just say that they have over 30,000 employees, and I'm talking to one of the top seven guys in the company. So I'm like, hey, now that being said, my, my wife and I actually prayed for you this morning, Dr. Smith, is it all right if I share a prophetic word for you too? He's like, he's like, sure, why not? So I go ahead and give him this word, how I saw a spoon and I saw, um, I felt like when he was a kid, like he had desired to be a chef um, or that in this season, he's actually discerning like in retirement that he would actually open a restaurant. And then I, you know, it was just sharing, like oftentimes because I have the gift of discernment of spirits in, when you combine that with the prophetic, like oftentimes what I'm prophesying is kind of the, the state of people's emotions because deliverance goes hand in hand with inner healing. And oftentimes, you know, the, the chief demon that's on people's lives is what distorts kind of their emotions and, and what they're believing about themselves, et cetera. So, so I go into just sharing with Dr. Smith of, it's not his name, by the way, but I'm just sharing with this guy, like, Hey, like, I feel like, you know, you're depressed, you know, being, being, you know, a, a certain kind of physician and also a leader of a health system can make you feel, it could be a very lonely and sad journey. And I feel like, you know, the Lord, um, in the same way that sister, uh, Macaulay of mercy and also Mother Teresa, like these people were known for just their great amounts of love. I feel like in the same way, God wants to be able to leverage you as a health system leader to just be filled with love. And um, and uh, so he he was just, I was like, and how does it resonate with you? And then he shares that when he was a little kid, because he's Italian, he used to always stir up his mom's gravy. And, uh, and afterwards, after he left, my other guy who stays on the, on the call was like, Hey, he really was kind of like touched by that. And then he goes into like sharing on how he was inspired, um, uh, <clears throat> by the fact that I was taking my company out to minister to homeless and strangers in Miami, that there's some, um, some guy that he he's been trying to help get a job that he feels like he needs to give a donation to because the guy's been laid off for four months. So yeah, I mean, Karen, I am just like uh, in love with the prophetic because of uh, just bringing uh, the Lord's presence into meetings. And so before this call, I actually prayed for you. And I'd love to be able to share a word if you're good with it. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, so while praying for you, I saw, I was looking at your WhatsApp photo of the sun behind you. Yeah. And I felt like the Holy Spirit gripped my heart in the photo. I felt like God had said that you're a daughter of light. You're a daughter of the King of the Most High. Uh, he's been especially proud of you and tickled of all the times when you go on walks and give him your heart, Karen, um, to pray, to listen to praise and worship, to listen to preaching, to spend uh, time with God. This is something that he absolutely loves, this intimacy, Karen, that you share together. Oh, man, sorry. I didn't mean to get emotional, but I'm just like feeling God's love for you right now. Karen, it's so overwhelming. Whoa. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, Karen, then I saw a Christmas tree. And I felt like our Lord was sharing that, like you hunger for times of old. When you were a little kid, you felt like Christmas was such a magical time. And the, the weight of travel and gift giving can almost at times steal your joy in this season. I feel like our Lord was inviting you to return to him, to go back on these walks, Karen, to yeah. allow the love of God to just ravish your heart as a savior is born to a virgin mother and let the shalom of God just fall over you, Karen, as you, as you go on these walks with the Lord. And uh, I felt like then the Lord started to share that this is not just a prayer for you, Karen. I feel like it's a corporate prayer, meaning a global prayer. Like the mm -hmm. trick of Satan is to get us to be Martha in this season, but we're called to be Mary, to mm -hmm. sit at Jesus's feet, to be loved abundantly, knowing that the Savior of the world took the form of man to die for each of us, to die as us, 
so that by repenting and turning away from sin and turning towards righteousness, that we can be baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit. We can become a new creation forever changed. And I just invite people right now to, you know, identify areas where maybe we aren't being our best selves to repent of these and to turn back towards God and to enter into further intimacy with our creator. And this above all, is what Jesus wants as his birthday present. So Lord, I just thank you right now that, uh, that you're identifying um, places where people maybe have started to be too overwhelmed, where we've, we've turned the season into religion. We've turned it into an exercise and we haven't been able to give you our hearts, Lord, which you want more than anything for Christmas. So, Father, I just pray right now that if, if there's any sort of uh, demonic influence in people's lives that are listening to this that have made them so overwhelmed and busy in the season and not focus on you in Jesus' mighty name, I just cast those spirits right off of them in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just give you our hearts that you said, Set us ablaze for your love, Lord. Set us on fire so that people would watch us burn from miles around. And that, Lord, that above, above all, that we can just give you ourselves for Christmas, Jesus. In your mighty name, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, um, <laughs> Chris, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I do go for walks. I do. And I do listen to talks. And yes. All of that. And lately I had been feeling a bit, actually, yeah, just this week, sort of, oh, so much to do, so much to do. Um, that is exactly, exactly right. And mm. just today with the childhood thing, and it was actually just before um, this program, we had a live Advent service um, broadcast from a school in a town nearby here. And there was... And they were singing Christmas carols. And it was fine until they got to one particular carol sung in a, a language that really speaks to me. <laughs> and mm. that's when it really touched me. And it became more real, I guess. I guess mm. it's not quite the phrase really, but it, the reality of actually what we're preparing for then came back to me mm. at that point. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. <laughs> Praise your name, God. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, uh, Holy Spirit, uh, this is your show. <laughs> so, so Amen. Lord, I, I just, you know, whatever you want to talk about tonight, let's go after it. Um, and I prepared some notes, Karen. But, uh, yeah, so, so uh, you know, as I kind of shared, um, I feel like right now in the body of Christ, especially with, like, come out now in Jesus' name, uh, Father Rippinger being really kind of like at the forefront. And then also just like, you know, the, 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 the war on Ukraine, the, the war um, in the Middle East. I mean, just kind of like so, so much strife going on right now. I feel like it's, it's moved to very clear and present of the, the, what the enemy is doing in this world. Yeah. So, uh, and as I kind of shared, you know, having almost attempted suicide uh, by jumping off a parking garage at 22 um, after six months of heavy demonization of all the gifts, discernment of spirits, um, being able to recognize spirits that people have been assigned uh, and, and helping people to get set free so that they can be powered up, hear God. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God like the acceleration that happens when people go through prophetic deliverance is just immense. <clears throat> so I want to give you a little bit of kind of like the, the scripturally what I'm talking about here. So the good shepherd and his sheep, John 10, 10, we learn from Jesus that Satan's motives are to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus comes that we may have life and have it to the full. Karen, is this the definition of most Catholics' lives? Having life to the full? Not yet. That's how I'll put it. <laughs> I love that's a very politically, uh, that's a good answer. So, you know, like go to daily mass and get to know people in parishes. And I'm willing to bet that you're going to find groupings of people that are not having life and having it to the fullest. 
it's been my experience that it's the exact opposite. You get people that are like, oh, please pray for Mary Frances. She's got cancer and, and her life is being destroyed right now. Or they're like, uh, well, I know what I'm supposed to be. Like, I've got this great vision for my life of what it's supposed to be. But then like, I'm in essence, you know, stuck in an endless loop. Like one day I'll be great, but I'm not great right now, you know, or they're like, Hey, I'm having really bad financial difficulties. Like I can't do this, that I know what I'm supposed to do. And I don't even have the money to be able to do that. Or they're like, Hey, my husband just divorced me. I'm in a divorce process right now. So um, and I'm not judging because, you know, honestly, I've been there before. Like I've gone through a lot of those things. So that's why I know it. And, um, but you know, what I'm proposing is that the reason that this is happening, because all people, especially Christians have been assigned chief demons that have been sent to steal, kill and destroy our lives. So we've kind of set up this like dysfunctional paradigm with the history of our church and the saints where we like, we put them on pedestals. We're like, everyone looks at like, oh my gosh, these saints, look at all these amazing things that they're doing. Oh, but not me. I'm not holy enough for that. You know, I just need to be sitting in the pews to be quiet to just, you know, I need to come in here, listen to pastor, sleep through the pastor's homily, and then go back to my pious life where I'm really sinning abundantly and stuck in an endless loop of sinning, then confession, sinning, then confession, sinning, then confession, never really breaking free from sin. And like, I just, I throw that out to like, if, if I'm describing, if you're listening to this program and I'm describing what your experience, no, sorry. If I, if I'm not, if I'm way off basis and I'm not describing, feel free to just turn off the program. Like I understand, but, but if what I'm sharing is striking a chord, then, then this talk is for you. So I want to. Uh, Karen, I know that we've got, you know, we're, we're supposed to take a break in like five minutes, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. So I'll just, I can unpack this and then I'll, I'll cut it off then. But so how do I, how do I know that we have chief demons? Okay. So Exodus chapter seven, verses 10 through 12. I'm just going to read this. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and thus they did just as the Lord had commanded and Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. For each one threw down his staff, and they turned into serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. So to give you kind of a backdrop on this scripture here, Moses, God and Moses are, you know, becoming, you know, just so in love with each other. The Lord is going to use Moses to set his people free to, to, you know, go on the exodus and to leave the oppression, to be set free, to enter into the promised land. But first, Pharaoh is the one that is enslaving all of the Lord's people. So he's using Moses in essence to, to do miracles, to convince Pharaoh that it is truly God that is asking for uh, God's people to be set free. Now, as you saw in this particular instance, the first miracle that actually is performed by Aaron and Moses is they lay down their staffs and it turns into a serpent. And that's supposed to convince Pharaoh that it's truly God that is pushing this initiative. But the struggle is that, that Pharaoh's, you know, his basically like warlocks, his magicians do the exact same thing. In fact, they actually duplicate it. And so here you go. Here's a move of God stolen by Satan. Okay. God wants to do a miracle to convince Pharaoh that's that. And yet Satan steals the miracle to convince Pharaoh otherwise. Well, that's, you know, some people may say, well, that's a one-time thing, you know? Okay, let's look at modern day times. The Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, Karen, don't get freaked out. I'm, I'm going there. <laughs> All right, does God think that Black Lives Matter? Of course he thinks that, you know, God, or that Black Lives Matter. You know, one of the things that is frustrating to me is when you have people that hold up signs, baby lives matter, white lives matter, Catholic lives matter, but I guess, you know, what I'm just trying to say is like, have we ever stopped to like ask the question to our black brothers and sisters that are hurting? Like, is there still racism? 
like is there truth to like why maybe this is a movement that actually has been happening um and speaking to my fr- uh, black friends and then describing like some of the racism that they encounter still this day i believe this i believe that the black lives matter movement is another example of a move of god that god wants to eradicate racism if you don't think that God wants to eradicate racism, then you, you know I, I think we're 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 not on the same. Uh, you know, we we may not have the same theology as it relates to to God our Father, but so it's being able to spur a movement to eradicate racism, but then ultimately, you know, Satan stole it and twisted it, and <clears throat> I'm not going to get into that. But I just say, like, you can see this all throughout Scripture and throughout kind of like the way that that this works is that God moves. Satan steals. God moves. Satan steals it. So God moves. So actually, you know what? We're right at the hour. So we'll, I think that's a great place to pause before I keep going. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, I will come back on this when we, when we get back. Okay. Perfect timing. So we have a song, a very special song actually, and it's called, it's an honor. And the reason it's special is because it's by Chris's wife, Hannah Gomez who is a Catholic recording artist. Um, this song comes from her album Gravity Arms by Hannah Gomez.
was It's an Honour by Hannah Gomez, Chris's wife. And if you want to listen to more songs um, by Hannah, the, her new album Gravity Arms is out now. So welcome back, Chris, talking about angels and demons, effectively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so over to you. <laughs> All yours. So I've got the mic. Yes, you have. All right, sweet. So in beef in the prior segment, we talked, I was just, I made the point that God moves, Satan steals. Okay. If you miss that, just go back and listen to it. I'm going to keep on uh, moving forward. So God moves, he gives us guardian angels and then Satan steals, steals it. Okay. So catechism of the Catholic church. Now it's number 336. If you want to look this up, it says from its beginning until death, Human life is surrounded by angels' watchful care and intercession. Beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd, leading him to life. So, if Satan steals this, that sentence would actually read, that last sentence would read, Beside each believer stands not an angel, but a chief demon, not as a protector, but as an enemy, leading him not to life, but to death. So let me read that without, you know, going with what the catechism says, just literally what, you know, what the domain of darkness is doing. Besides each believer stands a chief demon, an enemy leading us to death. So uh, let me give you some of my backstory. So I was a cradle Catholic until nine. And uh, it, this is kind of a longer backstory. I'm not going to get into it because we won't have time if I'm going to get into the rest of the teachings. But in essence, my one of my best friends at the time when I was nine created a I Hate Chris Gomez club and invited me over to his house for these kids to chant this in my face and then for one of the kids to curse me by taking um, a pencil like and starting to erase me saying that I didn't matter that I was erased and growing up uh, as uh, in an alcoholic home um, as many adult children of alcoholics do we don't do well with conflict so instead I I was a runner at this time Um, and so that that was you know kind of the major trauma event and we'll talk about this in a little bit uh, that that in which I was assigned my chief demon and so from there, basically it went from, from like, from the trauma to coping mechanisms to deal with the trauma of, you know, kind of your, your standard coping mechanisms of pornography, cigarettes, alcohol, sex, drugs. And I pursued that so intensely um, that by, as I shared previously, by the age of 22, uh, when I was about to graduate from uh, from the University of Illinois Business School, where most of my friends had already had internships or jobs figured out, I was just struggling to try to graduate in my last uh, semester. And uh, and so uh, one night, I, after pulling an all-nighter while studying, I climbed to the third story of a parking garage. I got on the ledge. And I was such a failure at this point in my life that I couldn't even go through with attempting suicide. So I got down off the ledge. I'm just like weeping my eyes out. I like look up into the moon. I remember there was a full moon that night and I'm looking at the moon and I'm just like, hey, God, if you're real, you need to help me to get up and to take to, to commit suicide. Cause I just cannot, I don't have the courage to do it myself. And so then I felt like, okay, I, I now have a surge to be able to do this. And uh, as I'm getting up, out of the door bursts this like 40-something-year-old security guard who starts screaming at me like that I needed to leave. I needed to get out of there. Um, And so thankfully, my sister, who is a very wildly successful therapist and owns Grace Integrated in the Chicagoland areas, they've got like over 30 employees, five locations. They've just been exploding in growth. She actually came with me to school at this time because she realized that something was seriously wrong with her happy-go-lucky brother who's now seriously, you know, depressed. Um, so so we kind of just talk about it, about what just happened, kind of like unpack that. 
And then, um, you know, I find that, you know, similar to what St. Augustine says that my heart is wrestling until it rests in Theo Lord. Like I tried to, I know this is overtly quoted, but I think it just helps to kind of summarize what my life looked like from 22 to 31, where I just tried to find happiness in the things of the world and nothing would satisfy. So finally in 2015, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm married, I've got kids, I'm in business, et cetera. Um, and and God pulls me out of this, uh, you know, no organized religion type of state of mind because he <clears throat> sends, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I would just say that it was like, a, you know, the silhouette of a man in my bedroom and God saying to me out of this silhouette, like, like when you say God speaking to you, is it like, what does that mean? It was just like, I don't even know if it was audible but I would just say that everything went through my whole body saying, Christopher, I love you. And I need you to come back to my church. Um, so, so yeah, so that, uh, I, and I just started going back to church, you know, that I was just like, all right, God, God shows up in your bedroom and tells you to come back to church. It's time to go back to church. There's no kind of arguing with that. So uh, that same year, I, you know, while listening to some preaching, I heard this pastor give a sermon about the, the dangerous prayer. It was called is God search me, lead me, search me, break me, guide me, lead me and use me, search me, break me, guide me, lead me and use me. So I prayed that for like two weeks and then I got found myself showering before work and I went into an open vision where I saw my dad's uh, hockey camp organized as a ministry. At the end of the vision, there was a sea of people and a pulpit and I was walking up to the pulpit to be able to, you know, address the people that preach uh, very much like what we're doing today. Um, and, uh, and uh, so, so that led me and my brother into partnering with a bishop and our director of vocations in our diocese to form Catholic sports camps where we leverage professional athletes to get kids to go to the camp. But then at camp, we're teaching them, you know, how to pray the rosary. We're, we're teaching them about Eucharistic adoration. We have daily mass opportunities for confession and it's awesome. So for me, uh, I was a hockey player growing up, played college hockey at U of I. Um, so that was kind of our sports segment that we, while I was kind of serving as the business administrator, kind of creating the umbrella organization, I was also the lead kind of uh, disciple running the hockey camp, both in Chicago and in Springfield with Bishop Paprocki. So, um, <clears throat> so while I'm leading worship in 2017, God tells me, I need you to go back to the University of Illinois, which since graduation, so I graduated in 2006, I had not been back because who wants to go back to the darkest place where you've almost taken your own life? Like, I'm like, yeah, right. That's the last place I want to be. It friends had invited me to go back, to go to alumni weekends, to go get wasted and do all this stuff. And I was always like, yeah, I'm really busy. I can't, but I was always free. I could easily went, but that's the last place I wanted to go. So, you know, I go back, I make a pilgrimage out of it. Um, when I actually find the the parking garage, I drive through it. There's no security guard station. There is uh, there is no kind of like front gate where a security guard could be. There's no office setting where a security guard could be attached to the building. And then there's no security cameras all throughout. So basically, this security guard would have had to see me standing on the ledge, run up through a random security guard, not it's a university garage. So there are no security guards as part of this garage. So a random security guard would have had to run up three flights of stairs to catch me before I jumped off of this building. So, so that was already like, okay, whoa, God saved my life. And then it gets better, Karen. It gets better. <laughs> then I'm looking at the door that this woman came out of and Kitty corner across the street is the steeple of the Catholic Newman Center. I, I was maybe there one time in the four years that like my brother and sister-in-law forced me to go to church with them. Maybe, maybe. I don't even, you know, like I had no idea that that like 
Yeah. So I'm looking at now I'm looking at this door that the security guard came out of to save my life. And Katie, literally above the door is a steeple of the Catholic church. Okay. In that moment, the reason why God wanted me to go back is because I, my faith exploded. I knew in that moment, okay, I'm on borrowed time that I should be in hell right now. I should not be being interviewed on the radio in England. I should, I should literally be in hell, but because of God's infinite mercy and love for me, he saved me. And so therefore now at this point, my life is his and whatever he wants me to do, I'm you know willing to do that. And, uh, and I think this has really been helpful for, especially for like the supernatural ministry where oftentimes these things like incredibly stretch you, but it's, you know, just being able to, um, hmm, uh, just, just know like, okay, well, if, if I'm not supposed to be living, like I'm supposed to be dead and I'm a dead man, then sure. Going up and talking to a stranger about purity and prophesying to these people, no big deal, you know, because I shouldn't even be here anyways. And, and so that, you know, it's just uh, has been a huge grace for, for continuing to, to grow uh, in this way and, and to be able to expand in my faith and also in the ministries that I'm involved in. So I'll just pause there, Karen, because I know I just said a lot. Yeah, that's perfect. That's beautiful. I think I might just need to, um, we will probably pause for a, a song very shortly. I need to um, put the CD in. Um, but yeah, this is beautiful. Thank you. And how God just brings you through all those things. And I think we all have stories, even if we don't really know that we have. Like you had to go back to really see it. Mm-hmm. I think we all have those stories, even if we don't think we do. There is, Even if you think it's tiny, it's probably not tiny at all. Hmm. Amen. <clears throat> so as, so do you want me to keep going or you're going to put this, yes. keep going? Couple, yeah. A couple of okay. minutes. Yeah, no, no. yeah. So, all right. So in 2021, um, so yeah, let me take a step back in, in 2018, a spiritual director, I'm still struggling with the sin that I cannot stop sinning on. And a spiritual director, Michael Sullivan, who founded, um, the anointed life, which is a school of supernatural ministry for Catholics advises me to go be delivered of my chief demon at Bear Creek ranch in white Georgia, just such a loving ministry, loving family cannot speak highly enough about, about this family. So that gets done. Um, and then, uh, my wife gets delivered in 2019. We end up getting married in uh, June of 2020. And then in 2021, we decide to go, uh, for a, this, their second retreat, which is about inner healing. And from, from that, uh, we, so it's basically you go deliverance and inner healing deliverance equipping. And I, we do three other trips where we see 40 chief demons removed from people in white Georgia, where we're serving on the team, you know, asking Papa God, you know, uh, so if you envision kind of their model is a per, a Christian walks into a circle where you've got like three to five, like three to five Christians sitting around the circle speaking to Papa God, like, you know, what is the name of the demon? What is the, what is the demon doing to this person? And independently, each of them prophesy and, you know, write down t- like independently, what is the name or what is the demon doing? And then one person, the lead chair goes around and says, okay, what did you see? What did you see? What did you see? What did you see? And from that, then making the decision as to what is the name of the chief demon to then take the authority and cast that demon off of the person. So we, up until this point in 2021, we basically, I was a team member, not the, the lead chair that was, that was being able to do this ministry. And there's a couple learnings that I have based off of the actual time there, but I don't do What time were you thinking about playing the song? I didn't want to cut you off on that. We could play it fairly shortly, actually. Um, yeah. Should we play it now? I was thinking gratitude. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's go. It's perfectly aligned. <laughs> okay. So let me just play gratitude by Brandon Lake. 
short I got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do But every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much Gratitude by Brandon Lake and you are listening to Diving Deeper and this is with Chris Gomez all the way from the United States. So Chris, yes. welcome back. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, so you know, before we kind of talk through my own journey with uh, demonization and and then you know starting to you know God coming into my life and then being able to be equipped through the gift of discernment of spirits, first being able to serve on the teams to get experience, uh, you know, helping a, a lead chair discern what is the chief demon. Um, but then since Brazil in September, actually gaining 10 experiences there where, you know, there's four Catholics and 114 uh, non-denominationals Christians and, uh, from their witnessing our freedom actually coming to us for deliverance. I don't know if that's a, any, any bigger of a testimony that you could possibly get of, of 
Protestants coming to Catholics for deliverance. Um, but uh, yes, Karen is just worse to be in studio, but yeah, so it is awesome. So, so yes. Uh, and then since then have launched as it is in heaven, where you can find us online at uh, org, like as it is in heaven, you know, org. I like to make a joke and say it's I, 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 I. Uh, h.org you know but that's not it it's aiih.org is our our ministry um yeah so so that's where you know you can you can find spiritual direction prophetic spiritual direction you can find supernatural healing and you can also uh schedule for a deliverance session um but uh so so i wanted to you know take a second to share about like yes i, I you know Satan steals. Okay. Um, but what is God's original intention? What, what does God want to do that has been stolen from Satan? So one, one night at three in the morning, preparing for Brazil, I, I made a commitment that whenever I, you know, because I'm like a middle-aged man <laughs> that, you know, I, I have to wake up in the middle of the night to, to go potty. And so I was like, you know what, God, I'm not just going to get back in my warm bed. I'm going to actually hit my face and spend time with you whenever you wait, whenever I get woken up in the middle of the night. So that, that's been kind of a new thing. So one, one night, someone who I've got a person in my life, a loved one who still struggles with addictions. And one night when I was in one of these sessions, I was crying out to God, like, God, teach me about what's going on here. So God gave me this revelation, which I'm right about to share with you. He said, the greater that a soul is wounded, the greater the number of coping mechanisms that one needs in order to deal with the wounding on their souls. And unfortunately, the greater the number of coping mechanisms that one leverages, the greater the number of demonization that the person is, is suffering with. So that, that is what Satan has stolen. Okay. So then, then that makes me, then I'm, I'm like, okay, God, so what's your intention? What's the actual, what's the inverse of that? Okay. So if you got wounded soul here, what's the opposite of a wounded soul, but a healed soul. So the greater that your, your soul is healed. Now let's go to the second thing. You know, the greater the wounding, the greater the coping mechanism. So what's the difference? What is the inverse of a coping mechanism? If you use a different word, a curse, you might be able to think of it better, a blessing, a gift. So the greater that your soul is healed, the greater the number of gifts that you have. Okay, now let's go to the other one. The greater that your soul is wounded, the greater the coping mechanisms, the greater the coping mechanisms, the greater the amount of demons that one has in one's life. So now let's do the inverse of that. And the opposite of demons are angels. So basically the model on God's side is the greater that your soul is healed, the greater the spiritual oh man, I'm getting hit by the Holy Spirit, the greater that your soul is healed, the greater the spiritual gifts that one has. The greater the number of spiritual gifts that one has, the greater the amount of angels that one has at their command in order to do uh, the Lord's work to bring about the kingdom of heaven. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Book makes complete sense, actually. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> when you, when you, I mean, it's like, it. I'm literally, because because it's just so exciting to me. It's like, how, how do you walk on water? How do you cast out demons? How, I mean, this is the model. Like, why do we see, you know, Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Okay. Why do we find that when we're sitting in the pews, no one's talking about, you know, Jesus told me to say this to you guys today, or I, you know, the other day, the Lord healed someone of cancer, or I raised this person from the, the Lord raised this person from the dead by using me. Or I read this person's soul, like, where are all the Padre Pios and St. Francis's? The reason that we don't see them is because there's so many wounded souls that have coping mechanisms that have opened doorways to demons. But if these people would actually get free from their chief demons, 
they would they would seek inner healing and grow in that way their gifts would magnify blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god they will see god they will be with god their their ministries will start to flow immensely and the the domains of darkness in this world would be greatly wrecked to be to bring about the kingdom of heaven so I want to talk about what to do about this because I don't want to just be someone that throws this up on you and then just leaves you hanging of like, all right, what do I do now? So <laughs> while praying last night, the Lord showed me a broken light bulb. And when I asked him about it, he said that there's people that have been listening to this show that want freedom and breakthrough, who want the abundant life that comes with being yoked to Jesus, but their walk up until this point has been the opposite. And Jesus asked me to pray for those people. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go after that. So, so Jesus, I thank you for, for the revelation that you've given me to be able to help my Catholic brothers and sisters and anyone listening to this program to understand the impact that uh, chief demons have in our lives and how when we can go to deliverance ministry to have our chief demons uh, be removed from us. Uh, on the inner healing journey that happens from there, that as our hearts are healed, the more gifts that we are able to flow in and the more that we're able to uh, bring about the kingdom of heaven. So Lord Jesus Christ, I just pray that uh, uh, through the shoulder wound that you had experienced um, to have to carry that cross to your crucifixion through all of that pain, Lord, I just pray in that, wound in particular, that any demons that uh, are on people that are stopping them from being able to fully enter into full unity with you, leave right now in Jesus's name. Thank you, Father. And Lord Jesus Christ, I just pray for an increase upon every single person that's listening to this. I just give an impartation away for uh, discernment of spirits, for prophecy, for healing, for the, for the miraculous, Lord. Any of the gifts that you've given to me, Lord, I just channel them over to anyone listening to this right now. And I thank you, Father, for the way that you're raising up a generation of uh, Holy Spirit terrorists that are just going to terrorize the domains of darkness and bring about the kingdom of light everywhere that they go, that even people's shadows would be able to heal people, that demons would be cast off of people as they enter into areas, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for being able to bring about a whole slew of new religious uh, people that are set ablaze for your love, Lord, that uh, that this, gen you know, prior generations that uh, have been lukewarm or give history lessons from the pulpit, Lord, I just make the prophetic declaration that there is a new generation of religious that are being brought up right now that are going to just go after this thing called uh, called the kingdom of heaven and bring about heaven everywhere that they go, that, that here on earth it should be like it is as in heaven. There's no sickness, there's no disease there's no poverty there's no demons lord and so as we uh, your saints get risen up lord that this world is transformed mightily and that people will uh will receive the shalom of god as peace flows into this land lord i pray all this through your mighty name jesus amen 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 thank you so much chris that was beautiful really beautiful amen. Let's go. <laughs> and I hope you'll come back another time and tell more stories, more testimonies, more amazing. Yes, I'd love to. I mean, a, a lot of the kind of unpacking, I mean, I haven't really been able to talk about uh, much of like, you know, how, how demonization happens and then what, what some of those chief demons actually, what their names are and what they do in people's lives, which I'd love to be able to share the next time if we, if we come back and do this again. I would love that. So thank you ever so much. And um, for your time, for your prayers, for the time that you spent praying beforehand as well. That was beautiful. Hey, no worries. And, uh, yeah, hopefully see you again soon. God bless. All right, All right you too. Bye-bye.